Hello, welcome everyone to another episode of the Division One Only podcast. My name is Eduardo Villalpando, and we have a really special guest today, Mikhail Sokolivsky. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Mikhail is a Division One student athlete at the University of Central Florida. He's from Moscow, Russia. During his junior career, he was ranked as high as 40 in the world. And during his college career, he has had wins against Miami, Princeton, Penn State, Baylor, and many other schools. So congrats on having a great junior career and college career so far. I appreciate it. And so just to kick us off here, can you tell me a little bit about making your decision to coming to the U.S. to play college tennis? Because this is a path that is not common for Russia, for Russian players and especially for the ones that are like ranked high in the world in juniors. So tell me a little bit about how you made your decision. Uh, yeah, I, this decision actually came to me pretty random. I was playing a junior event and... I was on a pretty bad losing streak. I didn't play my best. And I just thought that I need I need to change something in my process, just in my life in general. And that's when the idea and the concept of going to the United States came to me because I already had a couple, you know, offers from schools, which I didn't really pay attention to at this time because I didn't didn't even consider coming. But then I just I just uh, did my research. I asked my friends who were there at the at the time, and uh, I just came to the conclusion that it's it's the best uh, way to improve my tennis and my education altogether at the, at the time. Did you know anything about college tennis prior to this or not? Prior to this, I've only heard stories because my friends Slava Shenyan, who you had recently. One of my best friends, he told me stories and the other players told me stories, but I never, never got in depth with it. Oh, okay, okay. And how was the recruiting process for you, like from sending emails to coaches or just talking to coaches in tournaments? Because I understand that during the junior tournaments, there's a lot of, a lot of coaches come to watch you, watch players like compete. So just tell me a little bit about the recruiting process for you, for, from, for you and visiting schools, sending your transcripts to the NCAA, among other things. Oh, that was a pain. Uh, well, <laughs> it, uh, I had, as I said before, I had a bunch of offers from coaches in my Facebook, mostly. And I just, I started looking through it, responding coaches. And uh, I ended up only going to visit uh, UCF because I didn't have much time between the tournaments and I had uh, I had my national national team things going on so I only went to one school visited it loved it and committed pretty much just as simple as that okay cool and what about like for people that don't know like what exams do you have to take in order to get accepted into the into the school like SAT TOEFL or whatever and also the fact that you had to send your transcripts all the way from Russia because you know that you have to translate them into English and then send them to the NCAA yes. how was all that process that was that was a very tough and educational process because I ended up uh, mostly doing all of it by myself I was I was confused I was I was frustrated sometimes, but uh, it started with uh, obviously taking the two required exams. It's it's TOEFL and either ACT or SAT. I took ACT, and then uh, basically when I, after I finished my high school, I had to go to the translation agencies, translate it all, then 
fill a bunch of applications, translate them on English and send them all. And then after I think two or three months of this, it was it was a pain, but I was really happy that I got it done and got accepted. <laughs> How long did it take for the visa to get to Russia, to your, to your home? Uh, for, for what? For the visa, you know, like the student visa? Do you, oh, you oh yeah, yeah. Well, that was... Uh, First year it was easy. I got an appointment, and in like three or four days the visa was done. So there was no uh, no difficulties. But the next year, when the relationships between Russia and United States has gone worse and worse, and the waits in the embassies were two to three months, so I had to I had to start the process when I was still here doing my finals. I had to already start the process uh, for the visa for next year. Okay. Um, can you tell us a little bit about this? What do you think about this misconception about college tennis in places, basically everywhere else aside from the United States? Because a lot of people think, like I've had a lot of international players in the podcast who are like really good. And in their home countries, the fact that you go to play college tennis, it's, it is considered as like taking the retirement road or not taking your tennis very seriously and focusing a little bit more on academics instead of than athletics. So tell me a little bit, what do you think about this conception of college tennis, which in my opinion is like wrong, of course, and yeah, how Russian players look at it. Uh, yeah, well, that's a very common misconception, and I actually, uh, guilty, I thought so too, until a certain point of time. I feel in Russia specifically, uh, this happens mostly because the players, I think, are they're scared of the unknown. Uh, the only thing they know is that you basically uh, end your career, you go to school, you study while playing for fun, which is not true, as we know. And uh, I thought so, too, until my best friends went there and I started to realize that it is a serious sport that has a lot of a lot of competitiveness and a lot of great players in there. And that's what I learned the moment I came here, that I was totally wrong, and I think that Uh, in the next years, people who think that they will they will change their minds quite a bit. Yeah, that actually leads me to my next question: Has the level in college tennis surprised you, or when Slava and Alexei and all your friends in the NCAA told you about it, you were expecting it to be that this competitive? I they told me, but I obviously I I, tr I trusted them, but uh, it's, it's it's way different when you actually come and start competing because uh, every player, whether he was good in juniors or not good, he has grit, they're all tough, they all compete, and it's, it's a whole different environment, and it was really tough adapting to that competitiveness of college tennis. Yeah, for sure. Um, tell me also a little bit about this new generation of Russian players in the NCAA, like Slava that we mentioned from University of Utah, Alexei Nesterov from in Alabama, Dimitri Shatalin in UPenn, of course yourself. And if you think you guys are changing like the status quo for regular Russian players and giving them another option to think about aside from just going professional straight after juniors. Well, uh, Alexei, Slava, Dima, they're all fantastic players, very talented. Uh, Maybe we are, I hope we are, just not influencing people to go, but showing them that this is a fantastic option. You know, it's 
obviously in the end end, end game it's uh, always up to them but I, at least we're showing that uh, going to America does not mean uh, first of all uh, finishing your professional tennis career and, and second of all only benefits you from both athletic and academic standpoint yeah for sure Um, yeah, so what do you think of the college system, like the college tennis system, the fact that you're part of a team in, an, in a sport that is mainly individual, like throughout your whole junior career, you're always playing for yourself. If you lose, is your fault. If you win, it's because you did pretty good. And you come to college and it's a completely different environment. You may lose, but the team still has chances to win. So what do you think about this? Team tennis instead of just individual tennis. Yeah, uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it uh, a lot, and I think that individual tennis, junior tournaments, and some professional tournaments that I've played are not nearly as much fun as college tennis. Yet they don't hurt. <laughs> Sometimes they don't hurt nearly as much as uh, a loss in the college tennis does. Yeah, for sure. Um, take me a little bit about your transition from high school to college on the fact that you come from another country far from home and basically adjust living a different type of lifestyle where you have to go to where you have to go to practice then you have to go to class you have to do weights and I imagine that in juniors you were doing online school right yes that's correct yeah so how was that transition was actually, for you Uh, I was actually doing the evening school when I was back in Russia. I would study from like 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. But yeah, that's that's it's pretty much the same. Uh, it's it's been rough and exciting at the same time because I I thought of it more of uh, as starting my adult life. You're all alone. You're you you just need to be responsible for yourself, and that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to be on time. I was trying to succeed on court, uh, in classroom, no matter how hard it was, and it was really hard at times. Uh, but then you just live here, you do that every day, you get used to it, you you meet you meet people, and it's becoming more and more like like a, a really good and enjoyable life. Yeah. So was it hard for you at first to balance athletics and academics, or is it still yeah. to this day? Uh, I wouldn't say I struggle much with it right now. I think I found my balance, but uh, at first, yes, I had to seek help from my coaches, from my academic advisors, tutors, and uh, so on. So I, I did. I just did, I didn't want to fail, so I wanted to use as much resources as I could. Yeah, plus that's what people also gotta understand that even though you come to you come to a university where your your focus is on tennis, you still have to get the job done academics, otherwise you are not eligible to play under the whatever NCAA Absolutely. rules. But the fact that you Absolutely. have like these academic advisors, college advisors, that they help you to succeed in, inside the university, I think it's pretty good for the athlete, right? Yeah, that, that's that's a fantastic help. And all of, uh, the thing is, a few people who come here don't, use all the resources that are available in universities and i think that might be a problem but there's there's plenty for every every athlete so if you if you use it to the fullest ability you'll be just fine cool and something that parents and junior players worry about a lot is how the social component of college will affect their kids tennis 
So tell me, what would you tell an 18-year-old or just a junior player in general coming into college in regards to having fun without compromising their, their tennis or even their academics? Because they may not understand that as a team you hang out together, but also you know when it's time to go hard on the court. Mm -hmm. Basically, you all go hard at the same time, right? Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's a great question, but I feel like uh, it's just it's just a matter of uh, what's in your head when you come into college. What are you looking for? What are you trying to find? Either it's education or tennis or both, or are you trying to just just go, go all the way and party your ass off? Then uh, it's just it's not going to end well for you. You just got to be, first of all, responsible for your actions and... Uh, Just have your own head on the shoulders. Don't listen to others. Just do your thing. Okay. And when it comes to being able to balance the academics and athletic side of it, what advice would you give an 18-year-old in terms of that? Uh, well, first of all, I would I would tell him to not be afraid to ask for help when it's needed. Uh, don't be afraid to go there to have an extra tutor, to have a talk to your coach, and uh, just constantly uh, ask for feedback on what you're doing, just to, to know what areas you need to improve. And I think that's the most important thing. Okay. Um, so, of course, University of Central Florida, you guys play your home games at the USDA National Campus, which is, I think, the best tennis facility in the United States. How has that experience been for you, just coming in, from juniors to college where you get to play basically home at the at this amazing campus yeah well just straight from the from my visit i was i was so amazed because i was unaware of the existence of that campus and i was <laughs> i was just tremendously surprised with the size and the the magnitude of it uh it's it's not it's a pleasure it's a pleasure we i feel like Like the staff and uh, just the facility is giving us all the benefits, all the benefits that we can have to succeed on the tennis court. Yeah, I actually, it amazed me too, because for example, I played at the USC, USC National Campus like my freshman year in college. And I, I got the opportunity like to see how there's like, I think a hundred courts and all the hundred courts have like live streaming Yeah, it's like huge, right? Yeah, it is. is very, very new, very different. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just glad to be in this environment. How, how close is the USC National Campus to the actual UCF campus? Uh, it's, a, it's a drive. It's around a 20 to 25 minute drive in the morning. Okay, and for example, how what's a regular day like for you at UCF? Well, we start practicing uh, at 8 a.m. Sometimes we practice on campus where we also have courts and sometimes we usually split. It's basically three days on campus and three days at USTA. So regardless of that, we start practice at eight. We practice um, up until 11. Then we either, either have gym or conditioning depending on the day of the week. And after that, we have your whole student routine full of classes and tutors and, and homework. So basically, you start at 8 a.m. and what time do you roughly finish like your days? Uh, roughly finish at 
finish your days after classes and everything? Yeah, like with study halls and everything, like free time until your free time. Well, yeah, yeah. If if you want if you want to do a lot, you'll be you'll be busy until eight, nine, ten p.m. You you can find you can find something for yourself that you need to do, and that that, that way you'll be busy until nine, ten p.m. I would say. Yeah, but I assume that's not something you want to be doing every day, though, right? <laughs> uh, it's not something I want to be doing every day, but uh, at times I'm making myself do it just for the for my own benefit. Yeah, of course. Do you think so? Of course, during your junior career, you were traveling basically all over the world playing junior tournaments. But do you think you have grown up more in your time at the? At UCF than you did while you were playing junior tournaments. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You mean as a person or as a tennis player? Both. Both. Okay. Well, but both actually the the correct answer for both is here, just because uh, I think at this point when you come into college, you have to make the most important decisions about your work ethics, about about your degree, about your behavior. Just, just a lot of important decisions that lead you to, to actual adult life, and them you have to make them in in a college. So I would say that the college is much more important. Yeah. Uh, looking back on it right now, would how would you describe your decision of going to college? I don't regret it. I'll I would do it again if I had a chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, just one last question before we get to the final segment. Um. So. College tennis is not like, as we said before, it's not like regular tennis. You have like fans screaming when you're on the road. You have your opponents screaming at your face and getting in your face whenever they win big points, uh, deuce points or whatever. So you think you have matured mentally on the court since your arrival at UCF? Just because of, of having all these back and forth with, I don't know, with different players or just having different experiences in the NCAA? Yeah, it made, totally made me uh, much more stable mentally, uh, in case, like ignoring everything external during the game. You know, first year I used to, uh, I just, I just used to be amazed with what the people are saying, how the players are behaving, or how the fans are screaming. It was just so new to me. But now I feel like I just, I'm creating a barrier between me and uh, everything during the match, and that helps me. Is that something you struggle with during your junior career? Like trying to stay focused, trying not to care about what other people are saying or how your opponent is celebrating his their points or whatever? Absolutely. Uh, I feel like I was distracting a lot. I didn't uh, pay attention to the things that were actually important at the time. And I was just all over the place. And I feel like college have helped me in fixing that. Nice. Okay, so this is the D15, is like the final segment of the podcast. So it's five mm -hmm. rapid fire questions. You can answer them as fast as you can, okay? Okay. Orlando or Moscow? Uh, Moscow. Favorite college memory? Uh, my first clinch against the University of Miami my freshman year. Favorite doubles partner at UCF? <laughs> Chetorubia. <laughs> Most listened <laughs> artist at the moment? Uh, Machine Gun Kelly. What other profession aside from tennis would you like to attempt? Uh, filmmaker, videographer. Cool. What's your major again? Sorry? What's your major again? Uh, my major is radio and television and minor in hospitality management. 
Okay, that's cool. So is, is it like you want to be like, if it's not tennis, would you like to be like a journalist or something like that or not really? Uh, yes, it's something I'm interested in, but my primary task is becoming a good videographer and maybe a, a script writer and something that goes to the film industry. No, oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Good luck with that. Well, thank Mikhail, you. thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate you just basically taking the call and sharing your experiences with all the fans and with myself. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely, man. My pleasure. hope someone learned something from it. Yeah, the, you are actually the second Russian that we have on the podcast after Slava, and you're also the yeah. second UCF player we have on the podcast after Alan. After Cheto, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Yeah, uh, well, this way we get to the end of another D1 Only podcast episode. Thank you to Mikhail and thank you to everyone tuning in and see you next time. Thank you, Eduardo.